And now, here's Matt Mosley. Hey, it is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, as we roll on. And uh, on a Tuesday, Mavs split this thing at home 1-1 and did it in dramatic fashion. Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs, joining us now. And, Chuck, I I was listening to you early. I even commented on it. Uh, Jalen hits the, the, I think it was three straight threes, or he hits his third three early. And, I mean, it was, that crowd was revved up. You were revved up. That was exciting. And then, of course, what happens in the fourth quarter, what a remarkable thing. I mean, Chuck, did you ever think you would call another game that you would see more than 21 made threes, uh, like the uh, the Mother, Mother's Day massacre against the Lakers? I mean, look, the way the game is going compared to 11 years ago, it, it seems inevitable that you would uh, run into one game at that point. And <laughs> given how the Mavericks have been shooting the ball at home of late, the, you know, game one was a total outlier for them. The uh, other four games in the last five that they played going back to the Laker game at the end of March, they've made 23s or more in all of them. All of them. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should have seen something like this coming, and uh, it certainly did come at a most opportune moment. Well, it'll forever be thought of as the Jalen Brunson game, unless you want to call it the Maxi Kleba game. But I, uh, Brunson was um, just stunning in this game, what he was able to do. Um, I, it's, um, I mean, Chuck, you're good at kind of putting things in perspective, but I mean, I, when you have to step in and several guys are stepping in for a superstar, that was a superstar performance. Um, it, it, rarely yeah, do you see a guy like that just sort of, uh, I mean, he's been great and he's had great games. Okay. It's not like he can't score, but to put on the cape, in, in, in what felt sort of like a must-have type game. Um, Chuck, that's one of the more remarkable things we've seen around here, I would think. Uh, I, I think so, Matt. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I actually looked it up today. Uh, you know, Jalen had a 34-point game as a rookie uh, in the toward the end of his rookie season against San Antonio. He had never scored more than 31 in any other game. In his career, he uh, had four 31-point games his junior year at Villanova, and he had two other 31-point games, including one this year against San Antonio with the Mavericks. Uh, so, yeah, th- this one uh, does come out of left field uh, as far as the, the the number of points scored, but uh, the fact that he was efficient and shot it as well as he did, uh, people, I, I still don't think, really appreciate just how consistently good Jalen Brunson is. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson shot better than 50% from the floor this year, shot 37% from three and 84% from the foul line. There's only one other player in the NBA who has those shooting splits. That's Kevin Durant. And so I mean, we're talking pretty heady company here. I mean, he's more than capable uh, of being that scorer, I mean, again, not at a 41-point clip, but we saw uh, we saw a lot of this when uh, when Luca was out of the lineup in December. I mean, he averaged 20, and he averaged seven and a half assists, and he shot the ball great. I mean, his his, his splits. If you go to Basketball Reference and look at his splits, I mean, it's almost metronomic. I mean, it it just doesn't home road pre All Star break. Post All Star break, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday doesn't matter. I mean, he, he's the same guy. 
and uh, you, you know he was just killing himself uh, after shooting as poorly as he did in game one and to bounce back as, as he did here. Yeah, that's, uh, that is pretty much putting out Superman's cape. As I said, after the game, uh, you know, Brunson became Luca and uh, Maxi became Dirk and the Mavericks tied the series. <laughs> yeah, it's about, that's about right. Talking to Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs voice still sounds good. Chuck, you, you are able to pace yourself even in all that excitement and uh i'm sure you got some hot tea involved perhaps in that now um it was remarkable to me game one you could notice that rudy's presence and he's been known to kind of not be as effective in the postseason as he is during the regular season he's won you know several defensive player of the year awards he was bothering guys in game one they were they were dipping down deep, and they're like, "Oh gosh, there's Rudy. We got to get out of here." Well, it it all changed in this one, and uh, it, it is amazing how sometimes they figured it out. Now, walk us through exactly the way you saw that. It, why they were so effective against Gobert in Utah, other than you know Conley couldn't guard Brunson, but it was spreading all those guys out. And it, I guess what I would say is how at some point. Do you not send somebody out there on Maxi, or were, were they trying and Rudy was just getting out there too late? Well, it wasn't a matter of Rudy getting out there too late. It's a matter of the Mavericks getting the ball into the paint, uh, doing a much better job, uh, being far more aggressive uh, of, of getting into the paint, uh, and then not necessarily trying to score against Gobert. Because, again, if you look at the Mavericks' two-point shooting versus their three-point shooting – uh, it, it was not it was not otherworldly by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, he, Rudy still had his presence around the rim, but what the Mavericks were able to do was in, instead of trying to take it all the way into Rudy, where he could could affect shots, and he he affected a lot of shots in Game One. Uh, the ball would touch the paint, the ball would be kicked and then rotated, and you had Utah scrambling on defense to where ultimately. Uh, the Mavericks could get the shot that they wanted. And in this game, the shot went down uh, as opposed to game one where the shot didn't go down. I mean, we, I mean, we all hear the, the old saying, it's a make or miss league. And in many ways, this, this was it. Uh, but what is encouraging for the Mavericks, I think, is that at least in this game, uh, the guards were able to do uh, pretty much what they want. They were able to get the step uh, on Utah's perimeter defenders, uh, you know, forcing Rudy to have to make a decision, uh, and uh, and the Mavericks made him pay a, a pretty significant price for that. I mean, I don't I don't think Matt that twenty two three pointers made is sustainable uh, when they start going west and, and playing on Thursday and Saturday. But I do think that it's it's a good sign that they got the ball moving uh, and and did it in such a way too where they didn't turn over the ball. I mean, they've only turned it over three times last night. They've turned it over ten times in two games. I mean, that tells me that whatever possessions you are getting uh, offensively, you are maximizing. You are getting your shot. Uh, so in this game, they made it. Game one, they didn't make it. We'll see what happens when they go on the road. Yeah, it also tells me Luca, as great as he is, is generally going to have like five or six turnovers, you know, <laughs> in a lot of those huge yeah. games. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I mean, because... Yes, I mean, look, he, he, averages, he averages about four, you know, four, four and a half a game, and that's and, and a lot of them are turnovers that are avoidable. And I think that that's the great thing about Brunson especially. I mean, again, 
you're 41, eight and five, and he didn't have any turnovers last night. You know, it's, it's one of the great games in, in frankly, in playoff history. Uh, and certainly in recent playoff history, I, I think Durant and Jamal Murray and Chris Paul are the only three uh, in the last, uh, since uh, Jalen came into the league that have had that, uh, those splits. I mean, and I think that is one thing to be careful of, you know, when Luca does get back whenever he does and seems that there are reports out there from, uh, from Sham suggesting he could be back on Thursday, maybe Saturday, but whenever he appears in the series, I mean, you do have to take care of the ball. I mean, Utah doesn't force many turnovers. They only force 12 a game. They're right at the bottom of the league in that, but you know, don't give them you no know, easy possessions and run outs and, and things like that. Uh, you know, take care of it and make sure that you get you get a shot uh, and a good shot every time down the floor because I think it's it's pretty clear from what we see in the first two games that Utah will allow that. They'll let you get that shot, and you know, let's see if you can make it. Talking to Chuck Cooperstein, Matt Mosley show. This thing heads out to Salt Lake City on Thursday, and uh, and we'll see. You're you referenced it. Shams had the. Uh, report that the Mavs are optimistic now I think we all knew they were maybe hope you know they're always going to be optimistic that he could come back but there seems to be growing optimism uh maybe game three for it seems like what they're saying is maybe for sure by game four but in a sense this sort of took um you know it it took a, a a little bit of pressure off Luca and 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 everybody you know desperately hoping he can come back because they did want, you know, did it without him. And by the way, he was, he was as into that thing. You know, I don't know from your angle if you could, you know, how much you could see him down there. But Malloy um, uh, Coop had to had to back him up at one point. I mean, he was down there breathing down Malloy's neck. So you could just tell he's dying to get into this series. He's been hugely supportive. But I, I do think right now we've just seen a major change in the momentum in this series. Uh, uh, Barkley called this thing a sweep the night, you know, the previous night. He said, oh, this thing is going to be a sweep now. So it, it just seems like, Coop, well, every, everything's starting to hopefully flow the Mavs' way a little bit. Well, you know, it's, it's, just, so, it's just so sad when, uh, you know, when those who are paid a lot of money to watch the NBA – you know, just basically, uh, you know, color their thinking uh, on around whether you know the superstar is available to play, and and sure, it's it's obviously better, and you have a better chance when the superstar plays. But again, I think Jalen Brunson has been grossly underrated uh, by pretty much everybody. You know, how how given his success in college as a winner, uh, a leader. Uh, that uh, he lasted until the 33rd pick. You know, again, the, the 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 history of the NBA draft is littered with mistakes like that, where guys like him and Draymond Green, you know, who had no business not being first-round picks, almost were penalized for spending too much time in college and being too successful in college. And the guy's done nothing but win, and and the guy has clearly gotten better. I mean, that's the thing. I think people are almost slotting him for how poorly he played at the end of the Clippers series last year and almost, you know, take nothing into account about the improvement that he's made in his game this year. Uh, So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely changed, but I think the one thing we've learned too, Matt through the years is that 
Uh, playoffs are really, they are seven self-contained entities. And then only after the series is done, do you pull back and see the, the, the picture from 30,000 feet and, and really get the, the, the big picture of why things happen the way they happen. But the one thing that uh, I think we're all going to have to keep an eye on here uh, if, is if the Mavericks can keep the game close in the fourth quarter, uh, if, you know, especially if it's, you know, we get into crunch time, it's a five point game under five to play. You know, we, we've seen the disaster, frankly, that Utah has been, and especially in the second half of the season, but really all year long. And really since February, We've seen how terrific the Mavericks have been in that situation. Ironically enough, since February 4th, they're 13-3 and in clutch games, and somehow Utah's won two of those, including game one. Uh, but I don't like Utah's chances in that situation. That they're, they're game boxed down, a lot of isolation, the ball doesn't move, uh, and, and the Mavericks seem, you know, they, were, they were flinging that thing all over the place, and it got the shots from Kleba, and, you know, Finney Smith made two huge threes, uh, after having a really a bad first three quarters, uh, the, the Mavericks just seem to know now uh, that they're going to win games like that. And Utah, when they get in that situation, just seems to believe they're going to find a way to lose it. You can tell by their body language. So, I mean, to me, if there's one thing that we're really looking at going forward, big 30,000-foot view, uh, mm-hmm. it is that. You know, what happens when the, when the game is close or if the game is close uh, how, frankly, how does Utah respond? Because I think we know how the Mavericks are going to respond. Yeah, well, the Baylor, uh, former Baylor great Royce O'Neal, he's been one of the few guys that's responded in clutch time. Uh, you know, down the stretch, he hit some big threes last night. I didn't understand, by the way, uh, what Quinn was doing with Clarkson. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was unstoppable in a lot of ways in that game. And then I'm kind of yeah, looking for him. Fouls, he, was, he, he, was, he, was, he was in foul trouble a lot of the game. Oh, games. I know, he but I mean. Con- he and Conley both. I mean, Conley was just awful. I mean, Conley was just horrific. I mean, in fact, the, only, the first game of oh, I know that, 69 yeah. playoff games in his career where he did not score. Uh, but, uh, but Clarkson's a sieve defensively. He's terrible. Oh, he's just God. terrible. He can't stay in front of anybody. And I think that that's what that's Quinn's biggest concern right now yeah. is any of those guys. It's Clarkson, it's Conley, it's Mitchell. You know, Conley used to be one of the great defenders in the league, but it seems like he's lost a step in that regard. None of those guys could keep the Maverick guards out of the lane, and that presents a significant problem for them. Yeah, I just I I feel like Clarkson could score. I think Kid ch- chose to do the opposite thing and leave. Was it Dinwiddie who played four fouls and he left him out there uh, to keep playing through that? Dinwiddie. Was that yeah? Well, he, yeah. He, again, he had to. Where was he going to turn? Yeah. Who's he going to turn to? Trey Burke. I know that Trey Burke. They, they turned to him at one point. I always kind of well, like that yeah, change they of gave pace. Him, they gave him a couple of minutes in the first half, you know, just yeah. to, to try to lessen the load compared to the, the minutes that got run up in game one. And he played five minutes, and he made one three-pointer, but they were certainly not going to play him in the second half when, uh, when the game was on the line. And the Mavericks really, for much of the second half, were playing from behind. There was no way yeah, that, that was going to happen. So and they had uh, to he get... really had no choice. Uh, but having said that, it's one thing that Jason has done all year is he has trusted his players to play with foul trouble. Uh, and, you know, he, he did mm-hmm. it with Luka. One game against Atlanta, remember the first half, picked up three fouls. 
Uh, about four minutes to go in the half, he kept him in. Luca picked up his fourth about with two minutes to go in the half. Uh, you know, he wanted to see Finney Smith play with foul trouble, and obviously he needed Dinwiddie to be able to play with foul trouble. And Dinwiddie wasn't great last night. He made some big plays in the fourth quarter, uh, but that's one guy also that has to get his efficiency back uh, to where it was earlier. Uh, you know, right before the end of the season, uh, the first two games he's not shot the ball well at all. Yeah, and from the free throw line as well. Um, okay, Chuck, um, safe travels. Uh, very excited that you're on the road with the Mavs, and uh, it's it's been fun listening to you. And look forward to uh, Game Three. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me, Matt. Take care. And, yes, very much looking forward to actually doing a road game live in the building. (laughs) It's going to be a blast. There he goes. Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Chuck Cooperstead, uh, the uh, voice of the Mavs, radio voice of the Mavs, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas.